Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello again and welcome back everybody to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I hope you're all doing very, very well. The international break is over, thank goodness. I don't know about anybody else, but international football to me has really really lost its flavor over the last years and... The way they structure these international breaks just at the start of the season, at least for the city, uh, is just incredibly annoying, poorly timed. And then when you factor in the transfer market as well coming, or I should say ending, just over a week ago, the structure of these first few weeks of the season is just an absolute mess. So hopefully they can get this sorted out because absolutely nobody likes the market ending after the season begins and nobody likes to have an international break just two match days into the season so hopefully we can get this sorted out in the coming years because this is awful but we are back Henrik Mkhitaryan was unveiled today by Roma and then we also had La Gazzetta dello Sport publishing the full wage structure of every club in the city so there's a couple of things to talk about and then Obviously, Andy and I will also discuss the upcoming match at the weekend against uh, Sassuolo as Roma's schedule now is really going to get packed because you obviously have the league and then you have the Europa League. So there's a lot going to be going on. There's going to be a lot more to discuss. The period between the market ending and up to now, it's a little dull. As I said, this past week or so, it's been an absolute mess with the calendar. So we are back and we are ready. The season is ready to go sort of full throttle now because, again, this is when the the calendar really starts to get jammed packed. So very, very excited for all of that. So before I bring Andy on, just have to make a quick mention to all of our wonderful patrons at Patreon. If you would like to become a patron, support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash romapress or go to the support page at the top of romapress.net and I again a big big thank you to all of our current patrons without you guys none of this is possible also um, as I said a couple of episodes ago maybe two or three you may have noticed by now or now I hope you're used to it that the podcast is no longer on SoundCloud but we have added it to other places you can find it on Stitcher you can find it on Google Podcasts, Luminary, iHeart, and obviously the usual Spotify and iTunes. And again, if there is a platform where you listen to podcasts and you cannot currently find the Roma Press podcast, please message me, whether it's on uh, my personal Twitter or the Roma Press account on Twitter, and let me know and I will get it added as soon as possible. Um, We've seen a slight drop-off in terms of downloads since the SoundCloud option was removed, but I I hope that this hasn't inconvenienced you too much. And as as I said, please, if there is a platform where you cannot find the podcast, please, please tell me, and I will get it added on there as well. And lastly, if you could please continue leaving us reviews, whether it's on iTunes or even liking our Facebook page. I know I never mentioned that on here because the primary source of our views and page views on the website come from twitter but we do have a facebook page we do post regularly on it all the news that you can find on twitter we also have on facebook so if you could like our facebook page leave us an itunes review that really helps us grow organically and really helps us spread the word about our endeavors here so thank you again to all of our patrons thank you to all of you who like retweet share our content who like our facebook page who 
anything, whether you take our link and throw it out on a, a, a forum, whatever you do, however you share our content, I have to thank you so, so much for that. So let me now bring on Andy as he and I discuss various topics. We discuss the weight structure, some of the things Petraki had to say during the unveiling of Mkhitaryan, and a couple of other topics as well. So without further ado, here is Andy. All right, Andy and I are back. As I said, the international break is over, so we are getting ready for Roma to resume a very packed schedule of play. And Andy, we uh, we return, and then we get the news about two hours ago that Under is going to be out for the next month, actually over a month, the next five weeks. Huge blow for Roma, no? You know, it's uh, and and the irony of it is that in the, our last recording. Um, we, we both said, you know, let's hope this injury plague stops or goes away, just fades into oblivion uh, after the Zapacosta injury. And instead, um, fate decides to flip us off. <laughs> fate, fate tells us fuck off. And, and uh, here you go. One of the most important players in the squad goes down. And it's a significant amount of time. And... You know, Under already last year he missed a lot, uh, a lot of games, especially in the second part of the season. Remember when um, we were playing Atalanta, I think, and he went down, and then right. boom, you were you were with you were without Under in some of the key games of the season, especially against Porto. You had no weapons, you had no offensive weapons, and remember what happened next? You had to put Zaniolo on the wing. And what did Zaniolo on the wing bring? Not much. And that's where really the downfall of Zaniolo's form started. So not good news at all. And, you know, this is... I know Petraki addressed the, 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 the Trigoria um, training, uh, the, 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 the grass, the field, whatever. Yeah, the surface. Yeah. Right? Uh, he addressed that. But I, I, I really hope that is... The, the answer to this mystery because this has been going behind us and around us and it has been looming over us for the past few seasons and you just cannot give to a new coach a, a squad of players and you have like four of them or five of them really two weeks five five injuries like we, you know that it's unacceptable and it's it's just not good enough if you want to to to, to help the manager uh, do something Completely agree. And then you mentioned Zepa Costa. He's going to be out for a month because of an injury to uh, to his calf. And timing-wise, I don't think this could have come at any worse of a point because, as I said, the international break is over. There isn't going to be one for about another month and a half. And this is when the schedule really does get extremely busy for Roma. Several number of matches in the next two weeks. I couldn't think of a worse time for them to... To sustain all these injuries, and you mentioned what Petraki said um, in terms of uh, Trigoria, the surface, the grass. Do you think, given so he talked a little bit about the transfer market, but given that we knew that there were some of these injuries towards the end of the market, do you think he reinforced enough? Do you thought? Do you think he brought in enough names to cover? Because it's. It's very clear that these that these injuries haven't let up. I mean, we could go name by name. 
uh, Spinazzola, Zappacosta, now we have Under, Perotti. Do you think Roma have enough numbers in terms of available players? Listen, I think that's a very valid point, and it's a very valid discussion point. Uh, but it's something It's something I, I don't think Petraki could have done much about, uh, because as we said, there was a lot to do this summer, and... Um, Resources were limited, uh, not for nothing. You 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 took two of the most pivotal players for two of the most pivotal roles uh, as dry loans because you just didn't have the means for it. So, you know, certainly you you can point out. I see some, some people complaining about uh, Kalinich being brought in instead of uh, somebody else or that, but I think. It's definitely an improvement over last season, you know, to to say, okay, sure, we have Clivert on the wing, but we also now have a player of Mkhitaryan's caliber uh, on the way that can play on the wing and can play the way Fonseca likes him to play. Um, so that's an important step forward. It's just part of it. It's it's also unpredictable. You got you got rid of a lot of players that were injury prone and and didn't really perform much you, you got rid of Karsdorp you got rid of Gonalons um, you know the fact that you cannot seem to get rid of Perotti who unfortunately I, it, it looks like his career at Roma is coming to an end you know uh, Pastore th- th- these are difficult moves to make so I can say whatever I want I can even think that we might be short on players but it's uh, there is a limit to how much Petraki can do. There is a limit to his influence. Um, right now, we we are at least uh, knock on wood. Uh, Mkhitaryan is 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 healthy and it's he seems ready to go. Um, again, knock on wood. It seems like J- Jordan Vertu is is back in form, so that's also an important recovery. Seems like Spinazzola, knock on wood, will be back uh, shortly. So. To me, I really don't know, John, about you, but to me, sometimes I think, okay, these injuries all have a reason to exist, right? It happens for a reason. But then, man, sometimes it happens at these key moments in the most weird fashions possible that I start to think there is some bad juju around. Yeah, bad juju. We used to blame it on... Who were the two American trainers? Uh, Darcy Norman and who's the <laughs> yes. other one? Ed Lippy, Lippy, Lippy. Lippy he the was, yeah. He w- so the, those two used to be sort of the the scapegoat. Yeah, so they were the um, they were the target of a lot of our issues with Roma's injuries, and it's very clear now that there's something. I don't know if. Trigoria was built on top of an Indian burial ground. Yeah, sort of like The Shining. If, if uh, you know, if they, they, they apparently, Stanley Kubrick used Trigoria to film The Shining. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just astounding because, now listen, you can, okay, Diego Perotti has been injured for the better part of three years. Okay, I understand that. But Under, Spinazzola, Zappacosta, and the warm-up, something is going on. So it's very odd. And again, I just think the timing could not have been any worse. But I want to, because you you brought, you brought up uh, some of the things Petraki had to say in uh, this press conference that he had today, it was to present Mkhitaryan. But I think he gave a lot of great insight, whether you, whether you agree yep. with him or not. Um, I agree. 
I think he provided a lot of good insight into his thinking, how he wanted to, or what his Roma, what he envisioned it to look like. Now, there are a lot of talking points. We certainly wanted the time to go through all of them. But was there anything that stood out to you that he said? The one thing that I really was surprised by that he had to say was he was asked about, they asked him, well, you brought in Smalling, you brought in Mkhitaryan, you brought them in on loan. Is that going to affect sort of the long-term vision or the long-term effectiveness of the project? And he more or less said, listen, in the past we've had the, or in the past we could have brought in younger players. We invest a lot in younger players, but we had the chance to either buy younger players or we had the chance to buy two players of the caliber of Smalling and Mkhitaryan on loan. And he basically gave his reasoning behind that, that they needed players at Roma's level. I, you know, I, I agree that there is a logic behind his thinking, and especially it's a logic that um, right now is needed at Roma, since Roma were in a tough spot. And uh, as I said, you know, we missed the Champions League. That's always going to be a tough blow for us. Um I, I don't even it's not going to be pretty if we miss Champions League again. So that that cannot be a scenario uh taking place again this time around next year. Um you do not want to see that happen. So I, I think there is a, there is a, there is a nice logic behind that. There is also a firm belief in in in, in the importance of, of young players like Under, like Zaniolo. Um Today, I think the age, the agent of Zaniolo spoke, and, and he spoke of, of Tottenham, Tottenham's interest, which, you know, despite a lot of these flashy rumors floating around, there was some truth to that, um, that Tottenham were interested in him. So I, right. I think the the philosophy is correct. Uh, he also touched upon the revealed uh, salaries that, that Gazzetta dello Sport, I believe, presented today yes. said they yes. are not they are not completely true. Um, I would be interested in in seeing the actual reports or figures then, um, because I think that's I think I think if it was up to Petrarchi, he and if it was up to really him alone, um, and if a lot of ifs, but a lot of other players wouldn't be here today. If it was up to him, I think he he would have because he clearly expressed a desire to cut the roster. He it was it was clear as day that the moment he was brought in, his mindset was I need to cut the shit out of this squad that did not achieve anything. Um, he mentioned a lot of players that were on the team that clearly had no desire of being on the team any longer. Uh, so, you know, obviously he did something about that, but he also touched upon, you know, we still have uh, certain players that is Uberi in Italy. It's basically dead weight. We still have some players that, you know, are are still hanging around. I figure Santon, I figure Pastore, but they don't bring anything. So if, if it was up to him, uh, changes would have been much more drastic. Um Another thing that I, I think was important and <laughs> can definitely be seen, um, can definitely be a talking point for other fan bases when he w- was when he said that, you know, Roma are not uh, slave to any other team. They're not, 
they're 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 not going to dance for Juve. They're not going to dance for Marotta. They're they're just Roma are a team of their own. Um, you cannot come into our building, our premises, and and you know start giving us orders uh, because we can still say no. We can still dictate the terms. Um, you know the the fact that he convinced Jekov saying by saying you're never gonna be in a, in a, in a team like Inter you're not gonna be that important if they don't value you uh, the, the 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 price tag that we've fixed uh, then that that means that you're not important to them and you're important here so it seems like the guy is is pretty confident about his work has a real goal he, he that he set his mind on and you know what i really like this press conference it was really telling um and i like the guy i i think it, now it's his chi- chance to shine he knows about it and um this was a difficult off season but but he's played his cards right so far so i really wish the best of luck to him the thing you have to learn, all these sporting directors that Aroma have, each of them have their own unique personality. When Sabatini speaks, you sort of learn to, inter- learn to interpret what he meant. When Monchi spoke, not to be harsh, but it went in one ear and out the other. Uh, with Petraki, I like how frank he is. I like how blunt he is. I like how honest he is. It's refreshing. And you mentioned the thing about... Now, he, he had said at the beginning... What I wanted to do was a small, or he said, I wanted to do a revolution, but I was able to do a smaller one. And later in the press conference, he was asked directly about Javier Pastore, and he sort of glanced over talking directly about Pastore. But he did mention exactly what you said. He said Roma's wage bill is extremely high. And you could tell, you could very easily tell, that it almost felt like he was disappointed that he wasn't able to do more. It, it, it almost seemed like he was very regretful that, as you mentioned, I couldn't move out Santon. I couldn't move out Pastore. And it, it, he had this tone of regret in his voice. So I, I would have been curious to see what he could have been able to do had he been able right. to move right. a few more names out and yep. potentially bring in replacements. What did you think, though, about what he had to say about Iguain and Icardi? Now, when you and I first spoke about his first press conference, it was a little odd to the extent that he was discussing Iguain. It was almost like a child talking about a, a, one of his favorite footballers. I mean, he kept talking about Iguain. You, Iguain, you come to Roma, we can launch you like Batistuta. Now, in this press conference, he's saying, oh, well, he, uh, he and Dicardi were always alternatives. My first choice was always to keep Dzeko. Are you are you really buying that? Because I I have to say, for all the honesty that he put forth and nearly everything he said, I I can't really believe that. And he made no secret of it. He he basically said we're not keeping uh, people here, and you know we're not um, letting players go just because they want to. Um, you know, uh, you have to you have to have some respect for Roma when you're at Roma. Um, Clearly, he meant Jekyll, uh, you know, as reported, having agreed on terms with Inter and, and clearly having his mind set on Inter for a while. Um, so I, I obviously don't believe that. I, I believe there was there, there was certainly contact with, with, with uh, Higuain, maybe, maybe Icardi. I don't know, but I think 
Petraki is not that kind of guy that will, you know, will wait on someone. He'll go out and and start looking for options. And you know, believe it or not, uh, there are rumors going around. Even our friend uh, Alessandro Ostini has hinted numerous times. This is in the air. That and I said it. I think also on one of our previous podcasts this uh, earlier this summer that if it was up to uh, Petraki, even a guy like Florenzi, even a guy like for Florenzi would have would have probably been gone by now had it been up to him. Um, because that's uh, this is I think a guy who comes in and wants to reshape the whole thing according to his own terms. This is not a guy who wants to take credit for somebody somebody else's work. Um, he he said it himself. He was proud of. He thinks he did, you know, uh, a good enough job with what he had. With that, he tried to make the best of his mind. Um, so clearly, this is a, a sporting director that is very confident of his capabilities, but is also determined to show them. And you know, with I I liked Monchi to a certain extent uh, at the very beginning because I thought he brought in a vibe that after Sabatini, you know, it's Sabatini was very philosophical. You could basically uh, conduct a, a whole philosophy lecture. Uh, at a university using just Sabatini quotes. Um, the, the man was an enigma. Uh, <laughs> so with with Monchi at the beginning, it, it seemed like, wow, this is, you know, this this new international sporting director, the, this this fresh overseas vibe. And then it's, it sort of died down, especially in the second year. And here now we have this, uh, this little guy uh, from the south of Italy, and uh, you know, I hope he keeps this attitude up. I hope this this Roma environment doesn't doesn't take that away from him. Um, but I also hope that translates to solid work because I I want to see him take credit for his work. I, I want I hope that his work will be uh, worthy of taking credit. So uh, that's that. Yeah, yeah. It, again, it was very interesting from Petraki. And real quick, on Monchi, just because I think I can throw this out there now because he won't. Um... After I got into that nice uh, spat with Byron Tutumlu on Twitter, he, right. uh, I, I, I <laughs> right. think he's blocked me on WhatsApp. So I only say Monchi is one of the most um, sensitive individuals I have ever met. And I think our good friend uh, Giovanni still has this tweet on his timeline. But um, I, 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 <laughs> I jokingly, I jokingly. Um, and it was sarcastic. I, I jokingly made a tweet about Monchi. I forget what the context was. Um, but he messages me and he says, are you insulting my intelligence? And Right. It was, uh, what was it? Yeah, it was uh, after that Palota okay, letter. Yes, yes, and you said, wow, yes. it seems like Palota was about to, you know, call him out. Yes. So I, I, I forget exactly what I said. But um, now... Munchie doesn't follow me on Twitter, so the only thing I could get from that was he searches his name on Twitter, and uh, oh, listen, man, you can't be a sporting director in football and be searching your name on Twitter and then messaging people, journalists, whatever, that say something critical of you, or in this case, jokingly, and... oh expect me to take you serious so 
that's my little munchie anecdote, which is probably the last one <laughs> I will ever bring up on this podcast. If you want to find that, um, I, I think our good friend Giovanni still has that up somewhere. Um, but yes, Munchie uh, searches his name on Twitter. Um, and if you speak spoken to him before, he, he may message you if you say something critical of him. So, um, yeah, interesting little anecdote for everybody there. Anyway, so... As Petraki said, market is over. He, he's done. He doesn't want to talk about it anymore. He wants to focus on, on the pitch now. So real quick, I don't think you and I have reacted to the Europa League draw since it happened. So Roma got uh, Basaksa here from Turkey. They yep. got Wolfsburger from Austria. And then they also got, who's the, who's the last one that I'm missing? Uh, Mönchengladbach from the Bundesliga. They got what, in my opinion at least, was one of the more tougher groups. I saw, <laughs> I saw some people saying they would be surprised if they finished at the top of the table. I mean, if Roma doesn't finish at the top of the table, right? I mean, that's, that's certainly a huge warning sign or a huge indicator that something is drastically wrong, no? I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, I, 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 uh, I saw a lot of people also say that Lazio got the tougher draw. Oh, no way. Uh, I, I I don't know. I think I think in terms of difficulty, it, it's probably very similar. You know, it, you never. I don't. I never like never, and it, this applies to ev- every single team. I don't like any team's chances when they go to Turkey. I um, agree. Just because, just because the, the the way they live football over there is, man, some psycho it's, shit it's level so di- crazy. Yeah, listen. I, I had my well not my first um, I had a, a renewed encounter with Turkish Twitter because I, I can't tell you how many direct messages I got in regards to Kolarov um, and I put a tweet out that said <laughs> come to Fenerbahce yeah so the, I, a lot of Fenerbahce supporters um, I put a tweet out in July and I said something to the extent of Kolarov's preference is not to go to Turkey it is to remain at Roma for at least another season and perhaps even uh, renew his contract. And the amount of abusive <laughs> Turkish Turkish supporters that were wanting to uh, dismember <laughs> Your, my, yes. my body yes, yes. was uh, astonishing. <laughs> so, yes, they live in a much different way, I have to say. You know, and uh, I I don't remember which player said I I I remember in a, I think like a, f- a couple of years ago, some some team some big team went to Turkey and uh, whether it was Galatasaray or some other team I don't remember I only remember that they, they that player said that when I came on the pitch I I was complete I was so nervous I I didn't touch the ball once and you know obviously. This is Europa League. This is a, a lesser team. This is a, sm- a smaller team. This was Unders team, the the one that got promoted, uh, f- finished very close to being first uh, uh, in in the last seasons, and um, now I think is not going through a, a very good period. But but you know this is a fairly new team, so not not something of the level of Galatasaray. Um, but still, if 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 the atmosphere over there can have that effect on on players' psyche, then man oh man, are we in for an adventure? Because, um, you know, we talk about mental toughness. I mean, our team, I think, has the mental toughness of like a thirteen-year-old girl. Um, 
I'm sorry to any 13 year old girls listening to this, but it's true. It's, yeah, it's... I, I'll have to double check our analytics <laughs> on that. But yeah, um, you know, it's 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 that to me that that is the probably the tougher fixture um, in Turkey. Then obviously, you know, you you, you had mentioned Gladbach, who they are a team that that is, has quality. Um, did did we encounter them a, a few years ago or not or no that was no that, wasn't that, that Leverkusen that, right Bayer Leverkusen okay but still this is a pretty good team um, these are group stages so you always wish to have the, an easier uh, easier fixtures to you know to to be more relaxed think about maybe the campionato a little bit more uh, this I, I'm I, I think this is a good balance of easy and difficult, you know. So um, they they cannot com- just walk walk into these games thinking, okay, we are playing against Astra Giorgio. We're you know we're manhandling yeah, this right, these right. these university students from Romania. No, no, this is. You know, this is professional stuff. You want you want players to be motivated. You want the coach to be able to see what the team can do um, in a tighter competition and a win or lose scenario. Um, so I think this is a pretty good draw, actually. Yeah, I am actually more of a fan of Roma facing these tougher sides because I think it hardens you a bit for the league, or at least it can harden you a bit for the league, make you tougher. Again, does anybody really enjoy watching Roma, as you like to put it, the Finnish farmers, the Austrian plumbers? Does anybody really enjoy watching those matches? Um, I don't. Maybe you're different. Maybe you enjoy um, watching them sort of coast to the knockout stages. But I've never been a fan. Right. I mean, I mean, I mean, at least at least a couple of seasons ago, we got to see a 41 year old Totti uh, play against those teams, along with along with our favorite footballer in the world, ladies and gentlemen, Manuel Iturbe, who yes. was still our strike. He was our starting striker a couple of seasons ago in the Europa League. That was that was great to see. Uh, so those were the memories when we were playing in Romania and Bulgaria. Um, I think I think this this is a good test. Uh, obviously, it's going to be tough, man, because five injuries in two weeks and this is as you said the the schedule gets tighter uh you want a little bit more certainties you want to see how this the team does with the new arrivals and zapacosta is out uh under who's a player you are counting on for most of the season out spinazzola still out um so it's not good advice. If you were in, in, in full strength, um, I would think this would be the most thrilling time of the year because it's still early on. Everything is still up for grabs. Uh, and, you know, it's it, it's an exciting time. You have different competitions. But this is the Roma way, and the Roma way is never the easy way. You're absolutely right. Now, before they get back into the Europa League, though, this weekend, uh, Roma Sassuolo, are, is there any doubt that Gregoire Defro at least bags one goal? I'd be willing to put that he gets a double. Oh man, oh man, he's uh, he's going to be he's going to obliterate us. Um, I figure him and Berardi, who's been on Roma's radar for so many years. I mean, the, the two most talked about names when it comes to Roma. It's Nacho from uh, <laughs> if, if from uh, from Real Madrid and Berardi. Those are your go-to names. Uh, oh, and I think a few years ago it was Yarmolenko. Um, oh yeah, that's a those good are call. like yeah, the, your shot. go-to names. 
<laughs> so so you can you can expect a, a beautiful Purkino uh, signed by Gregor who already scored against us last year. He did. Um, now it, the the goal that he scored didn't really matter because I believe that was Roma's four one victory over Sampdoria. But the only one, the only one in the yes, whole season. Yeah, he, right. So yeah, I'm. Listen, I'm willing to bet just about every possession I own that the Porguinho arrives on behalf of Mr. Gregoire de Frel. But, listen, I, I hate over-exaggerating. I hate over-emphasizing things so early in the season. But Petraki said it today. It, I mean, they, they, you can't keep dropping points um, so early in the season. You have a new team. Yes, there's a lot of injuries. But they cannot afford not to win this one, right? Sure, surely, uh, surely this is this. You know, this is as we said before. The first two games is um, it's warm up time. You know, you, you, in in Gen in Roma Genoa, you you had both teams that were out of breath. Um, Roma, especially in the second half, since they they, they dominated the first half. Then in Lazio, difficult, uh, physical. You know, tough uh, battle between two very physical teams. Um, Roma also did not have easy an easy time over there. But now uh, Fonseca has had a little bit more time to train with some of the key players. Uh, Smalling was in the group. Mkhitaryan today trained with the team. Uh, Spinazzola today trained with the team, apparently. So there really are no excuses to, to, to not get going, um, especially when you will have the Europa League. You want to be ready. You want to be ready at all fronts. And uh, if Mkhitaryan was sincere about the team's objectives um, by saying, you know, we want to we want to compete for the Europa League, we want to compete for Coppa Italia. Um, I heard a lot of that uh, last year uh, and the year before that when we dropped out against Torino in a horrible fashion. Uh, last year when where we got humiliated by by Fiorentina which i believe was like one of the one of the few wins that Fiorentina have had in like 7 months or something like that um you you cannot afford to to do that this time around you know this is really a very important year i think uh, yes you have to you have to get the champions league at all costs but if this team wants to grow if if you want to show w- what you have if you want if you want the manager of roma to really impose himself on this stage you have to compete and roma need to be ready and they need to be ready now despite yes all these injuries and I've been of this mindset where am I necessarily going to go crazy if Roma were to win, let's just say the Coppa Italia. But I think we're at the point now, Roma have not won anything for so long. I think we almost have to stop acting like Roma are above winning the Italian Cup competition because, again, it's been over a decade. At this point, I will take anything, whether it's the Coppa Italia. And wasn't that the Coppa Europa Italia the, the last trophy we won, or was it the Super Coppa? I, I always it was uh, okay. It was or wait, man, I I thought it was the, I thought it was the Coppa. and and also the Coppa Italia was really the last trophy we competed for in the final. So and uh, uh, right. you know this is. Uh, this is the time to to prove something. I'm tired of saying it every time because I remember saying this exact same thing, and I remember distinctly you saying the same same exact words. We cannot snub uh, at this uh, this this point in time uh, a trophy like Coppa Italia. No, we can't. 
and but we need to start changing the the philosophy right about now especially since you brought in players that have won trophies in in, in the in the not so far past you have smalling winning uh, europa league uh Mkhitaryan winning all kinds of uh, uh trophies uh whether it was in the bundesliga or the premier league so you have experience um you have certainly talent yes you have injuries but you have a hungry coach I just want really this year around. I really want to see because you also, John, you are also one of the people. I, I retweeted it. You retweeted it, the the stats that showed Roma's uh, the Roma stats, uh, the whole league stats for um, for pressuring the opponents. Uh, you know, pressing the yes. opponents for just show teams that how teams last year and obviously Juve was one of the last teams because they dominated the matches so easily. Roma were among Kievo, uh, Frosinone, Parma. Talk, yeah, talk about team a team a soulless team. Um, so I don't want any of that this year. This has to change. Yeah, I completely agree. It's a mindset, and hopefully Fonseca can can really change that up. Now, before we go here, with the new arrivals, obviously you have the packed schedule. How are you... So this match against Sassuolo, do you want to see the likes of Smalling and Mkhitaryan sort of thrown in right away? Listen, I uh, I think Smalling is ready to go. Uh, I think he's, he's, trained, yeah, with the, he's trained with the squad. Um you know he's not been sitting on the bench waiting for us. No, he's he's come here to play. Uh, I can understand Mkhitaryan not playing from the get go, not being a starter against Sassuolo since he's played <laughs> he's played uh, for the national team just a couple of days ago, and um, today was his first training session. So I can understand that. But uh, if 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 uh, uh, you know if if Smalling is ready to go, you have to put him there. I figure he puts Fazio on uh, since you, you, you still you want some balance right now. You 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 need to pick up steam and with players that give you guarantees. Obviously, Fazio does not give you guarantees, but you say, okay, I'll trust the experience. And uh, the logical thing to do is put the the the, the two center backs, Smalling and Fazio, together. Um, Mkhitaryan probably on the bench, but. It doesn't matter to me who who play. It, it just it, it, a guy like Clivert needs to do better, and need, he needs to start growing uh, in, in a football in a footballing sense of the word. He be, he needs to show some growth, so show show some maturity because this is not going to cut it. You're not going to get into uh, a start uh, the starting roster um, by doing what you did in that second half against Lazio. And and then I'm excited to see a guy like Spinazzola come in and play because I think he can provide you with a lot of quality that um, you don't necessarily get with Florenzi. And Florenzi, especially since he got a knock on uh, against Lazio, played with the national team, might be a little fatigued, I guess. Um, I don't know. I just know that against Sassuolo, I want to see a team dominate. Yeah. I'm right there with you. So do you think they win then? <laughs> oh my god john why do you do this to me um i i don't know i think the right the right thing to do is oh to win. oh my god you don't know if they win against sassuolo at god home god damn it uh i'll say yes they're going to win but 
I don't know. What do you say? Aren't you? Don't you have mixed feelings? I have mixed feelings all over this thing. I think that the most sensible oh, thing is to win. This is the time to 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 show what you got. And against a team like Sassuolo, Roma better win. Um, I expect them to win. I, whether I I think they win, I don't know. Listen, if Fonseca wants the Panettone, he has to win. So definitely, definitely, yep. The last thing that I want to hear is. They drop points, and then we go into this entire next month to 45 days where all we hear is, is Fonseca going to leave or stay? What will Palotta do? After all of this overhaul of the roster, could you even imagine having to even discuss finding a new manager right now? I mean, in my opinion, that is the absolute last thing. I'm just... that This team, this club... <laughs> I'm just getting depressed by hearing you talk about it. So let's uh, let's skip over that one. Uh, I trust Fonseca. Let's put it that way. I trust Fonseca. I think Petraki trusts Fonseca. From what he said today, he trusts Fonseca. And it's not showy about it. He's not uh, saying all those things that Monchi said all the time about him and Di Francesco being like two brothers and, you know, blood brothers sharing, you know, everything, <laughs> every insight of their life together. No, this is, you know, a guy, um, clearly they, they have a good relationship. Uh, I think Petraki tried to fulfill Fonseca's demands as best as he could, despite obviously some late arrivals. Um, but I think Fonseca is more than capable of, of carrying uh, the ship across uh, very troublesome and uh, very stormy uh, weather. Um, so I trust him. As you said, l- you know, let's, okay, I'm going to say it. We are going to win against Sassuolo. Okay, so that's all I needed to hear. All right, so that's where we'll leave it. We will be back later after the match against Sassuolo, where, as Andy and, well, as Andy just said, they're going to win. So we will be back after the victory, hopefully. So until then, we will talk to you later. As always, if you could continue subscribing, liking, leaving a review, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. So until next time, ciao.